Hey, it's so good to see you guys this morning. If you don't know me, if you haven't met, again, my name is Matt. I'd love to meet you out in the, in the lobby after service. Again, welcome to Bridge Community Church. It's so good to see you here. If you're a first-time guest, I just want to extend a special welcome to you. You guys, like, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I would love the opportunity to meet you after service. So but before I get started here today, um, I just want to, like, split the audience. Um, if you, like, raise your hand if you're really good at directions— like, you know exactly where you're at at all times. People go to you like, hey, how do I get to that Wawa or whatever? Okay. Yes, you're like super good at directions. All right, cool. Now, if you're like me, raise your hand if you're just terrible at directions. Like, horrible. Like, <laughs> like you rely too much on your GPS. There, like, okay, good. Anybody in the middle? Like, yeah, okay, all right. There got a few, some people in the middle. So, like, like I think, like, us who are terrible at directions, um, to people, to people who are really good, we don't try to get lost. We really don't. Like we honestly, like it's not our goal to leave the house and get lost. It really isn't. I'm just like, I'm going to speak for the people, like my people. I'm going to speak for my people today. We don't try to get lost. Another thing is like, we like are totally lost before, like we are, we've been lost for a while before we recognize we've been lost. Like we have, we're like in the wrong neighborhood for a while, and we're like, okay, if I turn around, I probably still wouldn't get back to where I started. Like, we have been lost for a while. And, and, and also, like, wherever we go, whatever road we end up taking, whatever road that might be, it will take us to the destination. Every road has an end point. Like, say, if you're trying to go to New York City, and uh, New York City is north, obviously, of us, and, like, you, you, you got your Rachel Ray tickets, you got, like— your reservation, yo, I actually really want Rachel Ray tickets. Don't, don't, don't judge me. Don't judge me. <laughs> I really do. I really do. Uh, if you get rate, your Rachel Ray tickets or your, like, I don't know, whatever show, you got your reservation at your um, restaurant or whatever, and you go, you're like, okay, like, you pack your car, you look good, you know, whatever. And you, you go and you leave your house and you take 476 South you're never going to get to New York City. Like, that's just how it works. Like, you, you're never going to get to New York City. You could even pray, like, God, give us, um, you know, the good Christian prayer. Give us traveling mercies on our trip to New York City. Like, God, I just pray that you would just bless everybody and give us traveling mercies. I'm sorry if that's actually something you pray, but we, if you go, if you play, pray, whatever, go south, you're never going to get to New York City. Never. And that's kind of exactly what I want to talk about today. Not really like we know in the, ro- in the realm of roads and hiking and paths that d- every direction has a destination. But if I were to sum up what I'm going to talk about today in three words, it's this. Direction determines destination. Your direction determines destination. And in life, it makes so, or in, in the, the, ro- the realm of roads, it makes perfect sense. But in life, we kind of just gloss over this principle. Direction determines destination. And so we're in this series called Overflow, right? And I think like for me, Overflow has been this series that is like this hand mirror that I'm looking at myself and I'm like, I got a lot of work to do. You know what I mean? So like today I'm going to have like three points. There's each of them are going to have evaluation questions. I just want you to pull out your hand mirror today or cell phone, I guess would be, take the place of that for everybody. Um, and just like kind of just look at yourself in the mirror with what we've been given. Because the path that we choose in life, you will win or you will lose in life 
depending on the path that you choose. So if our destination is to be an overflower, then we need to point ourselves in the direction of being an overflower. We need to put ourselves on the path to become an overflower. So that's what I'm going to be talking about today. Before I get started, let's uh, pray real quick. God, I just thank you so much for this day. I thank you for um, giving us this time that we have together. Lord, I just pray that you reveal your will to us. Help us to see where we're at. Help us to see where we need to be. And help us to use our time in the best way possible. Amen. So our first point is this. Direction, not intention, determines destination. Direction, not intention, determines destination. So the question, the self-evaluation question is what am I doing now accomplishing my purpose in life? Is what I'm doing now accomplishing my purpose in life? And so in in this whole flow of um, overflow, this whole flow of overflow, this whole series, we kind of just like pointed to one verse to really just kind of sum it all up. John 7, 38, it says this, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them, rivers of living water. So today, like God doesn't want you to just drip. He doesn't want you to just like be a faucet that turns on and off. Like he wants you, he wants rivers of living water to flow from within you. So whether you're stuck today, whether you're totally overflowing, whether you're young, whether you're old, whatever path you're on, even if you, if you believe you're on the right path in life, this is for you. Your direction determines your destination, determines your destination. So again, first point, your direction, not your intention, determines your destination. Too many times in life, we're thinking like, man, I just want a, a nice house. I just want a nice car. Dude, oh, I, I just want a Maserati. Like, is anybody with me? Me, personally, I want a Maserati. Yes, thank you. Thank you for being honest. <laughs> like, like, that is my goal in life. I've actually come to the conclusion that I'll never have a Maserati because I'll never, I would, I would have to like not make any expenses for many years before I could even think about purchasing a Maserati. They're like $150,000. But I would stick with like a Land Rover. Okay, I'd just be, I'd be cool with a Land Rover. But like, um, like if that's my intention in life, if your intention is to have a good marriage, if your intention has, is to have like a great finances or better, a good house or great relationship with your kids or whatever your intention is in life, you need to put yourself on the path to get there. That's the only way you can get to your desired destination. You can't just hope or, you know, one day I might end up there. You know, you can't just do that in life. And it makes total sense because um, what, the question, what am I doing now? It's like your job, your relationships, your savings. Is that lining up with my purpose? And I think Paul kind of nailed this one last week if you were here. He said, like, your purpose in life is your gift, which he just defined gift as the intersection of passion, skill, and effectiveness. So the intersection of where you are, your passion, your skill, and your effectiveness. That's your gift. And if your gift aligns with God's purpose or God's heart for you, then you're walking in your purpose. So that's, that's, what, like, so that's what I want to say. Like, what am I doing now? Is what I'm doing now accomplishing my purpose in life? So a verse that kind of like really just kind of nails me in the heart is Proverbs 27, 12. It says this, the prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. The prudent, another word for prudent is wise. So like a wise person sees danger and takes refuge, but the simple, like a naive person keeps going and suffers for it. Um, I grew up in the better side of the state, Western PA. 
If you don't know that about me, <laughs> I grew up in the best city in the world, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Better than the Eagles. <laughs> maybe not this past year, and maybe not this past. All right, all right, chill, 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 chill. Maybe not this past year. We got clobbered. Whatever, whatever. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> I grew up in the best city in the world, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And what we have in Pittsburgh what, is what, what you don't have in Eastern PA. Like, I've looked for it. Like, I've really looked for it. But I don't know if you guys know, like, if I say this word, um, you might not understand what I'm trying to say. But we have this thing in Western PA called woods, like trees and stuff. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Because, like, here in Eastern PA, I think it's, like, ten trees that you guys, like, call woods. That's not what it's like woods is like in Western PA. It's like actually like you could actually get lost in woods. And so being a Western PA kid, you know, growing up in the suburbs of Western PA, there's a lot of woods. And we had some woods in the back of our house. And every Sunday or week or whatever after um, service or after church or whatever, we'd go, we'd hike. Um, you, if you're not familiar with that term, it means like going into the woods and walking, uh, just exploring stuff. <laughs> So we, we would hike in the woods, and um, what, we, what we would do, in, like, we just, like, I don't know, me and my brother and my friend, my one friend, he was between our age, my brother's two years older than me, and I would just lead, I would just go wherever my brother was leading me, because he was the one, he's the kind of person, like, if you raised your hand in the beginning, like, he always knew where he was at, he always knew where he was going, so I just kind of followed him blindly, um, which, you know, he's got two years on me, so I trusted everything that he ever, you know, any decision he ever made, I just trusted him blindly. Um, which isn't a great idea, but whatever, it worked. Um, so this, this particular time, this Sunday afternoon, we're hiking. And th- we've gone, we, we, we were going somewhere that we've never been before. And I didn't recognize where we were. You know, we crossed a couple roads and um, we're just kind of deep into the woods. And he said, like, I just see the sign that says, posted. Like the yellow sign with black letters, posted. I was like, hey, Mike, like, I don't think we should be here. Like, we should probably turn around. And he's like, no, 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 Matt. Like, that just applies to uh, hunters. Like, we're not hunting. I was like, oh, all right, cool. <laughs> so then I keep, we keep going, and we just see, and we see another sign. Big yellow letters, or big black letters on the yellow sign. Huge, huge sign. Um, private property, no trespassing. And I was like, dude, Mike, we got to get out of here. Like, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be here. He's like, no, 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 Matt, Matt, Matt. It only applies to the hunters. Like, we're just like a bunch of kids hiking. Like, it's totally, people are totally cool if we're on their property. Um, in the, like, just whatever. And so eventually we just got to this, like, green field, this, like, lush green field. And we're like, oh, this is awesome. So we're just kind of, like, walking in this green field. And uh, all of a sudden we hear this shouting. And they're like, hey, get off our lawn. We realized we were in somebody's backyard. And they're just hearing all this shouting, like, hey, get off our yard, get, get out of here. So we booked it in the other direction. We just ran as fast as we could because, like, we, didn't, we then realized that we were in the wrong place. And that makes total sense. Like, if you see that sign coming, you know you're in the wrong place. Like, you'll never turn down a road that says, like, private property or whatever like that. But it, it's so obvious in the world of hiking and, and driving and things like that. But in life, it's just not as obvious. And I, I think some things that, like, like, in the story, in, in like, what I just said, we didn't have a desired destination, so we just went wherever we thought was okay. And honestly, like, if I were to sum up this message in, like, 
one sentence or one image. Sometimes in life, we take the back seat. If our life is a car, we just take the back seat. And wherever we go, that's where we're going to end up. But I'm trying to tell you today, today is the day you take the driver's seat. Today is the day you stop sitting in the back seat and just watching your life pass you by. Today is the day you got to get in the driver's seat, unbuckle the belt of the back seat, and get in the driver's seat of your life. I don't care how old you are, how young you are, you need to get in the driver's seat of your life. I'm 23 years old, and I'm like, man, I have to just not let these next years pass me by. I have to take initiative and get in the driver's seat of my life. So, Again, the prudent see danger and take refuge. The simple keep going and, and suffer for it. The wise or the prudent in this could be like they see danger and take refuge. That could be for you. That could be something that you do that makes sense to nobody but yourself. Taking refuge in your own context could meet, meet, like mean nothing to anyone else. But you need to take refuge. The simple keep going and suffer for it. Like I think of like a car and... Um, you know, you turn your car on, and it makes that weird noise, and you're like, should I get this checked out? I think I'll just turn the radio up, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I've been there. And then, <laughs> like, $1,000 of, like, mechanic bills later, you're like, oh, man, I should have got that checked out. Literally, there's, like, 50 mechanics in this church. Just take them to one of them. Like, seriously, there's so many in this church. <laughs> so just take them to any of them. Um, yeah, but it's, like, the path that we're on, impacts us more than anything else. And I think like, like these, these signs in our life, we kind of see these signs in our life and it gives us this gut feeling of like, hey, Mike, we should turn around. Like maybe like you're seeing a sign in your life today and you're like, oh snap, I should really turn around. I should really not be here right now. But God gives us that tense feeling in our stomach, that knot in our stomach for a reason. Like he's giving you that for a reason. And I, I think there's a, there's a good question that goes off this. Is there a tension that you're feeling in your life that needs my attention? Is there a tension that needs my attention? Is there a tension in life that needs my attention? Because there's a, perp- there's a purpose to the tension. There's a purpose to why you're feeling. So that pit in your bottom, in the bottom of your stomach, there's a purpose to that. Is there a tension in your life that needs my attention? My second point is this. What captures your attention will steer your direction. What captures your attention will steer your direction. Are my decisions supporting my goal? Every Wednesday night when I come home from Connection Student Ministry, a Thursday night when I come home from worship practice, I'm driving 309 North um, to Sellersville. I live in Sellersville. And I see that Burger King sign light up the dark of the night and that's all I can think about. All I can think about is that double cheeseburger, extra pickles. And I'm like, geez, what captures my attention has sometimes steered my direction off the Satterton exit into the drive-thru. It sometimes has. But what captures your attention in life, it's so obvious. In like advertisements and things like that, it's so obvious. They're meant to capture your attention. But are my decisions supporting my end goal? Emotion will fuel what grabs my attention, but intentionality will will fuel what I give my attention to. Emotion fuels what what grabs my attention, but intentionality fuels what I give my intention to. And really that just means that 
if I'm intentional about not stopping at Burger King for whatever reason, I don't have to stop at Burger King. But if, I, if I'm just going off what grabs my attention, my direction in life will just be all over the map. And there's a story in um, Proverbs we're going to look at. And um, it's like uh, not exactly a PG story, but it's kind of one of those stories that it's a proverb. It's meant to be kind of really out there. But I don't want you to just, you know, leave it the story as a story. Kind of put yourself in the shoes of the youth in the story. So um, Proverbs 7, 6 through 27. We're going to come out like that. Um, the, the writer of the story is Solomon. He's been coined to be the, the wisest man who ever lived. Uh, Solomon's seeing the situation from an outsider perspective. Like he's seeing the situation. It says, uh, verse 1, at the window of my house, I looked through the lattice. So he's actually watching the situation unfold. Um, and so I'll just continue reading. At the window of my house, I looked through the lattice. I saw among the simple. I noticed among the young men a youth who lacked judgment. And basically what he means by a youth who lacked judgment is someone who doesn't have time or experience or anything under their belt. Verse 8 says, he was going down the street near her corner, walking along in the direction of her house at twilight as the day was fading and the dark of night was setting in. I think you know where this story is going. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to know where this story is ending up. Verse 10 says, Then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute. Although she was not a prostitute, it just says she's dressed like one. And she had crafty intent. And it says, she is loud and defiant. Her feet never stayed home, now on the street, now on the squares. At every corner, she lurks. 13 says, she took a hold of him and kissed him. With a brazen face, she said, I have fellowship offerings at home. That means nothing to us today. Basically, what that means is I'm not after your money. I fellowship offerings at home. Today, I have fulfilled my vows. So basically, like she's saying, today I fulfilled my vows. She's gone to the temple. She's confessed her sins. She's dumped out her sin bucket. It is now ready to be filled with this guy. She has, that is the intent of this guy. Basically, what this story is saying is like something could seem so great, but have such a rotten intent, such a terrible intent. Um, so we continue on. Let's skip ahead to 19. It says, my, my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. Verse 20 says, he took his purse filled with money and will not be home until full moon. With persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. All at once, he followed her. He's thinking, I'm in the driver's seat. And she's thinking, no, I'm in the driver's seat. He's watching this unfold. He thinks he's in control. He's not. He's getting controlled here. All at once, he followed her. Like an ox going to the slaughter. Like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierces his liver. Like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. The youth is saying, this is an event. Solomon is saying, this is a path. The youth is thinking, this is here and now. I'm focused on what is in front of me. And Solomon's saying, man, you got to be focused so much greater. The youth is thinking, man, I'm f- focused on the immediate gratification. And Solomon's thinking, I'm, I'm focused on the ultimate gratification. And um, he goes on and continues. He addresses a listener in verse 24. He says, now then, my sons, 
listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. So basically he's saying here, don't pull yourself out of the equation. This might never have happened to you. I hope it doesn't. But it, don't pull yourself out of the equation yet. Don't pull yourself out of the story. Verse 25, don't let your heart turn to her ways or stray into her paths. Many are the victims she has brought down. Her slain are a mighty throng. This is not an event. It is a path with a destination. This decision has a destination. And so this, the final verse says this, her house is a highway to the grave leading down to the chambers of death. That's pretty, that's pretty hard to swallow. That's pretty in your face. Basically what he's saying is this decision has a destination. It's a path and it's predictable. Every path has a predetermined destination. And, and God wants to remind us that whatever we give our attention to, as well as what captures our attention, will direct our course in life. Um, I think this Proverbs 4, 25 through 27 kind of sums this up well. It says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level path for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right, to the left. Keep your foot from evil. So every path has a destination. And I, I just like, at, you know, over 23 years of my life, I've kind of come in contact with different people. And I've kind of, I just kind of summarized some statements, maybe not that they've said, but that they have done in their life. Um, so just, these are legitimate, I'm just about to read like legitimate things that I've observed and I'm going to put them as I statements, but just pay attention to the, the path and the disconnection of the, where they are, the decision, the disconnection of the decision and the destination. So just going to read a couple things. Um, you know, this is a friend, but I didn't really, she didn't say this, but this is what she did. I want to meet a Christian guy who's really got his act together so I'm going to go out with whoever asks me. The decision was, the, the, the desired destination was, I want to meet a Christian guy. The decision was, I'm just going to go out with whoever. I want my love story to be perfect. So I'm going to become flighty until I think it's right. Another one is, I want to grow old and invest in my grandchildren. So I'm going to neglect my health. I want our family to be a unit, everyone on the same page, looking forward to vacation together. So I'm going to work all the time. This one breaks my heart. I want to have a great sex life when I'm married. So I'm going to practice on everyone I date until then. Breaks my heart. I heard that. Come out of someone's life. So terrible. I, I don't want to live with financial pressure. So I'm going to live beyond my means. I want God to bless me financially. So I'm not going to give to him. I want to know God, but I'm not going to read my Bible. I want to lose weight, so make that a large. <laughs> I've heard these things. These are, literally, those are all real events, real people in my life. But here's the thing. Here's what I want you to get out of that. You can want all you want. You can want all you want. But I want gets you nowhere. I want to get you absolutely know your, where your intentions do not determine your destination. Your direction determines your destination. What grabs your attention steers your direction. Be careful of what grabs your attention. Um, the final point that I want to leave you with today is God's presence 
God will point to the right path. God's presence will light the right path. God will point to the right path. Where is the path that I'm on? Where is the path that I'm on leading me? That's the question I want you to ask yourself. Where is the path that I'm on leading me? God will always point you to the right path. And I think like, like for me and all those who stink at directions, we blindly give faith to GPS as soon as, like, like if we're going somewhere, like we just blindly give faith to give us, get us where we're going. Like if we've never been there before, we blindly give that GPS all authority in our life. And we just trust it. And I think, honestly, we need to give that same blind faith or trust or whatever you want to call it to God. Wherever God, like, I don't know how I'm going to get to where I'm going to go, but I just trust you to guide me and lead me there. Um, because trusting is stepping out without knowing what's next. And Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 say this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. So basically saying, like, in all your ways, submit to him, and he will make the best path obvious. He will make your path straight. And basically, like, like what I'm trying to say here, like, is, like, it, when we trust in God and lean not on our own understanding, like, trust, one way that I like to look at trust is, like, stepping, but you don't know where the next step is going to land. Like, it might land you down here. It might land you down here. It might, it might land you up here. Like, trusting is stepping without knowing the next step. That's what trust in God is. And faith is like the same thing. Faith, honestly, I was thinking about this. Like, the op- let's just play a game real quick. The opposite of black is, the opposite of yes is, the opposite of up is, the opposite of faith is, fear. Okay, I heard fear a lot. I, like, I'd like to submit to you that the opposite of faith is certainty. If you are having, if you're certain about knowing where you're going, there's reason for you to believe that's the right path to go. Faith is basically saying, I'm certainly certain about not being certain about this. (laughs) That's what faith really truly is. I'm certain that this might work out. But faith in God is, it's like that. Like, we can trust God because he is trustable. Like, we can trust God because wherever we step in life, he's going to have, he's going to, like, even though it might be a step down or a step up, if we step with God, he's going to guide us every step of the way. Trust God and lean not on your own understanding. So basically, Solomon's saying, like, trust and lean not. That's what he's telling us to do. And our job is to recognize and respond to that. So how do, we re- how do we respond to that? In all our ways, acknowledge him. So basically what that's saying is, in all our ways, submit to him. And then what will happen? He will make our paths straight. He will make the best path in life obvious. So how then do we submit to God? How then do we submit to God? Submission to God is by putting our faith in him. Submission without information is the key to finding the right path. Submission without information is the key to finding the right path. Just submit before you know what's going to happen. 
submit to God before you trust the Lord and don't understand, don't lean on with your information. Don't like understand like this might not be the right path. I don't know if this is like, this is the right job for me. I don't know if this is the right thing to do. I don't know if this is the right person to date. I don't know if this is the right person to marry. I don't know what, I don't know anything. Trusting God and lean not on your own own understanding in all your ways, submit to him. Submit to him in all of your ways. That's what he's telling us to do this morning. Submit to him in all your ways. It takes faith. But if I were to sum this up in one line, I said it already, choosing the right path begins with submission to Jesus. Choosing the right path begins with submission to Jesus. Worship team, would you come at this time? Choosing the right path begins with submission to Jesus. Because God wants you to be an overflower. That's our destination this morning. God wants you to be an overflower in your life. He wants you to overflow. He doesn't want you to just barely get by. He doesn't want you to just live and, and not have like any savings for your future or not have a great relationship with your husband or wife. He doesn't want you to just live. He doesn't want you to just barely get by this morning. He wants you to thrive. That's what he wants you in your life. He wants you to be an overflower. But this first step in overflow is submission. If you've never submitted to God in your life, today is a great day for that. Because I promise you, and you can ask so many people in this room, that trusting in God, even though it might not make sense, is always the best decision. Faith could mean praying for something that if it actually comes to fruition might make your life a little less convenient. Faith might be doing something that makes no sense to anyone else besides yourself. Faith might, it might be, the the application of today might be like you have a hard conversation with your husband or wife. One that's been needed to happen for a long time. Are we on the right path? Where are we going? Before any of that, decide where you are. Because if you don't know where you are, you can't get where you're going. It's like, it's like a map. If you don't know where you're at, how can you go? How can you get where you're going? Where are you this morning? What decisions are you making? What has your attention? Because what captures your attention will steer your direction. Man, we can want our entire lives and it doesn't mean anything. Put yourself on the path that God wants you this morning. He, that's all he wants. He doesn't want you to just get by in your life. Put yourself on a path that will get you to where you need to be. This song that we're about to sing, God is able. Man, the bridge is God is for us. He's on our side. He will go before us. Something like that. That could not be more true and more right on for exactly where we need to be. God is able. He's a saving God. Like he, he can take your situation and redeem it. He can, like, all you have to do is recognize where you are and possibly turn around or turn to the left or turn to the right. Like, it might not be that big of a a thing for your life. It might be a life-altering decision that you know you need to make right now. That pit in the bottom of your stomach is there for a reason. 
address it this morning. You need to address it this morning before you leave. And I don't know what, what it would it be for you, but God wants you to be an overflower. He doesn't want you to just get by. He wants you to thrive. And, and in this life, like, it's, man, I'm tired of just taking the backseat of my life and, and just letting it happen. Today, make the decision to drive your life. Come on, church. You're better than that. Let's stand together. Let's stand together. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing this song. God, I just thank you so much for, for this day. I just thank you so much for everything you've shown us. God, help us to see trouble coming long before it gets here. And give us the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it. Lord, we're leaning on you more than anything today. Bless us. Thank you, Jesus.